Hello, and welcome to Why Are We Doing This? My name is Lucas Dockerty. I'm Kathy Ray. We're about to give you the Buck Loner special today. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Myra Breckenridge, and it was a it was a treat. Actually, it wasn't that bad. But before we get into that, oh, what is Why Are We Doing This? Why Are We Doing This? A podcast where we discuss and dissect some of the worst movies we can find. Once again, Lucas Dockerty. Sorry we didn't formally introduce ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming back to us for a 71st week. Um, re- please remember to rate and review an Apple podcast on Google Podcasts. We're going to take care of Google Podcasts. If you, I probably didn't tell you. We have to, we have to update our terms and conditions on our, sp- uh, on our distributor. So we just, I just have to get to all of them. But we are on most platforms. I just have to cross it's my T's and dot some I's on some of the other ones. Oh, but we're still on CastBox. We are 1,000% <laughs> on CastBox. We're on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. All those places you can rate and review us. So please, if, please, ever so kindly rate and review us. A 5 star, a 10 star, 15 star, 20 star, 10 million star. A bajillion. A bajillion. Uh, sorry if we have any noise. We are recording in a different spot, and it is close to a window. I will try to take care of that, but good luck. Good luck. Uh, I have some real peaches for neighbors, and um, they might get a little noisy because they are. So thank you for returning to us. Please remember to rate and review on Apple Pod. Wait. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash why are we doing this? We're not releasing anything there, but there's a good 15 bonus episodes already there for your listening pleasure. Big announcement. Big announcement. Next week. What? What's the date next week? Next Friday would be October 7th. What is October? Yes, we are strictly watching scary movies all month, next month. Only scary movies, two episodes a week. We are giving you the Buck Loner special. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two episodes a week. We will, we are giving you the Buck Loner special, plain and simple. Uh, so next week, we'll discuss what episodes you get next week. Um, but what did we watch this week? Kathy Ann Wright. How'd you feel about uh, Myra B? It was different. It was different. It was different. To preface, I read the book. I love the book. Dare I say it's my favorite book. Minus the, and we'll get to what I need to talk about, minus. But I'll just say it right now. If you are not into very, very... There is a very explicit rape scene in this movie. It's not as explicit as it was in the book, but it is very prompt. It goes on for about 10 minutes. It's not like, it's not like the accused, like you mentioned. It's not like, it's supposed to be comedy-ish, but it is not funny. So if you are uncomfortable with that, I would probably, I'll probably say something. I don't like to give trigger warnings because you can just look the movie up and judge use your own discretion but i'm telling you right now if you haven't heard of myra breckenridge 
the book or the movie, it is a very explicit rape scene. So if you're not into that, just skip ahead. Maybe skip this episode. But we'll we'll try to handle it tastefully. So I read the book. I love the book. The book is very funny. Um, this movie is still funny, but it is set up w- extremely differently than the book is. So I was a little thrown. Uh, you ask questions because you've never read the book or seen the movie. I did not even know the answer to. And I read the book very recently, too, in the past, like, probably in January or February. Um, So, just a reminder on the explicit scene, and let's just get into it. Myra Breckenridge, 1970, 4.4 out of 10 stars on IMDb. I honestly think this movie was very unfairly panned, because some of the shots are beautiful, like the the overhead shot with like the dusk and the building that's very pretty and that's would probably be harder to achieve in 1970 or 1969 if this was filmed in 69 released in early 70 but i think this movie was very critically panned because it is about a trans uh gender person that's my opinion it could be because probably back in 1970 we did not hear about transgender people also that it was a transgender person in a main role also it was i'll be honest raquel welch falls a little flat for me she's not who i would choose to pick to play myra breckenridge but i don't know who i'd pick to play myra breckenridge just like i my mom doesn't listen to this but my mom always says because she loved garfield when she was little she does not like the bill murray garfield and i asked her who would she rather have to play garfield right and she goes i don't know but if i saw it i would know and that's how I feel about Myra Breckenridge. I don't know who could play her correctly because she's funny, but she's a brassy. She's a bitch. She's awful. Oh, she's like me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's fine. But so the about after. Okay, this spoils the entire movie just right in this first sentence, but. After undergoing gender reassignment surgery, an aspiring actress travels to Hollywood where she also wants to make a claim on her wealthy uncle's estate. What that says to me is she gets gender reassignment surgery to claim her dead uncle's estate. That does not say... I don't know. That's not how I would phrase it. Uh, But taglines, these are not very good. Meet Myra Breckenridge, period. You'll never forget her. Myra Breckenridge, in all caps, is all woman and something. (laughs) Everything you've heard about Myra Breckenridge is true. Okay. From the book that couldn't be written comes the motion picture that couldn't be made. This one's very broad. Very broad. Very broad strokes. Weird. Wild. Sexy. Strange. This movie was not sexy. No. The book is sexy. I do say it's weird. The book is... Some of it is sexy. I'll be honest. It is some of the book is sexy. This movie is not sexy. Cast. Oh, it's a wild cast. Mae West as Letitia Van Allen. I loved her. <laughs> I loved her. John Houston as Buck Loner, not who I would choose to play Buck Loner, but that's just me. Rock same with Mary. I couldn't say because I have not read the book, so when I read I imagine people playing those people. So I would have to read the book. To Personally, I thought that, yeah, I, yeah, totally. Like, I watched 
Oh, I read a book and I... Oh, okay. I, I listened to Fifty Shades of Grey, all three of them on, ta- on tape, on uh, audio. Uh, audiobook. I watched the first movie and I was like, these... No, these don't line up, right? But... I've seen movies like that. Like, well... Oh, my God. Like, who did the casting? They did not read the book. I'll, I'll say who each character is in my mind as I go through. Letitia Van Allen, in the book, is a late 40s casting couch cougar who gets young men roles uh, she's probably pushing 50 i think she has like graying brown hair but still dresses like how may west does in this movie may west was 77 years old playing this she looked pretty fucking good yeah, for she 77 did. she sure did jesus i she mean looked good and i loved her she was hilarious. I think she was doing all the material she couldn't do when she was younger. That's what I think she was doing. I think they just said, May, this is what happens in the script. You just say whatever the fuck you want. Yep. That's what I think happened. John Houston as Buck Loner. Personally, I thought Buck Loner looked like Buck Strickland from, like, no hair, fatter, and wore, like, ill-fitting suits. And this he wears, like... Um, what's his name? Doug Dibidone, a humongous cowboy hats and like bolo ties, and he just the book is satirical, but he's just too much, I think. <sighs> Raquel Welch as Myra Breckenridge. Myra Breckenridge looks like Raquel Welch in the book. That's a thousand percent, but she, I that's not who I would pick to play her. This is a very part I hated about this um, movie. Rex Reed as Myron Breckenridge. I'll get into that. Farrah Fawcett, very young. Yes. Very, very, young. very, very young. She had almost like um, Tammy Wynette hair. Like how it was kind of big. You know? Yeah, but that was the style back then. Yeah, but hair, so. I, I was <laughs> your high school yearbook. <laughs> Jesus, they looked... 50 years old. One of the girls was a senior, and she looked at least 62. She looked like she had three grandkids. <laughs> Roger C. Carmel, as possibly my least favorite character in the book, Dr. Rudolph Montag. He's in the book a lot, and he's only in the, probably the last 20 minutes of the movie. Um, he, in the, in the book, I think looks a little more Paul Bartell-esque. Um, if, if you, if you know, you know, like kind of like a Bunsen honeydew from the Muppets. Oh, and Farrah Fawcett looks like Farrah Fawcett in the book. She 1000% does. Um, Roger Heron as Rusty Godowski. Rusty is a, um, is a Polish gentleman <laughs> and, uh, he's every bit as smart as a Polish gentleman. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's the joke. He said roast is stupid. Not all po- Polish people are stupid, okay? Well, that Polish joke just flew over Polish girl's head. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Uh, wow. George Firth. George Firth as Mr. Flagler Jr. I thought he was funny. I thought he was funny. He, I think they made him more comedic than he was in the book, but I still thought he was good. Calvin Lockhart as Irving Amadeus, who is probably the character I have the most issue with. He was the black guy. Oh, the gay guy? This is what I remember. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Why are we doing this podcast one at gmail.com? You can send me an email. Um, 
in the book, I remember there was a black professor who was like Shakespearean. I think he was supposed to be. I think everyone in the book was supposed to be a stereotype, but I think he was the most stereotyped because he's like, and this is not my words. He's supposed to be like educated black guy. That's what I thought his character was supposed to be. Instead, they get rid of the gay professor and make them both the same person. And I just don't think it works. Pers that's me. Um, Jim Backus, a.k.a. Thurston Howell, a.k.a. Mr. Magoo, as the doctor, and John Carradine, David and Keith's dad, as the surgeon. Review. Oh, shit. I wrote this a long time ago. I wrote this out a long time ago. What? Okay, I'll skim. The only reason I was tempted to see it was the abs having aspirations of seeing every film from Her Harry Medved's book, The 50 Worst Films of All Time. What a creepy and god-awful mess of a film. I don't think so. It truly was an incredibly bad film, and no, I don't think so. No. I don't want to read that review because it's not... It's I personally don't find it to be true. Okay. That's just me. But, like, when it comes to movies like... I don't know. What did we do last week? Oh, boy, did I get a wrong number. Boy, was that a mess. Oh. I love that movie, but it wasn't the best. No. The week before we watched, hold on, the week before we watched The O in Ohio, that wasn't you good. I must be going brain dead because I don't remember any movies we watched. The week before, the, oh, shit, what was the week before that? The week before that. I have it all at home on paper week before that week before that we did something else week before that beyond evil like those movies are not good they're not good this was based if they made the movie now i think it could be better that's all i'm saying they couldn't have may west tom Selleck was in this um it looked like lee majors but i couldn't find any proof but there was a tom Selleck without a mustache that's like seeing um Sam Elliott without his and frogs. But oh, yeah, I, forgot you didn't have I don't know. I just think that making it into a movie in 1970 was just asking for it to be a bad movie. Possibly. Because the book is absolutely depraved. Like, it is worse than the movie. The book is, I'll say this here, just after the rape scene, she describes anal bleeding from rusty so that was not pleasant to read in this movie it was played for laughs yeah. and in another part and another issue i have with this movie is the fact that it i'm so sorry if you can hear coughing it's my disgusting pig of a neighbor sorry That's your neighbor? yeah uh he walks outside in the middle of the morning just to clear his throat i hate him anyway <laughs> he I they were oh they're real peaches but she don't make over with them. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't feed them to your animals. <laughs> but what's it? Um, just the the book was a pleasant read, and the way it was set up. I'm just pre I'm just trying to get all the exposition from me out now, so we can discuss the movie. Okay, do you mind? No, so the book is set up in diary format. We don't find out there was a sex change until probably chapter maybe twenty, right? And it's a fifty chapter book. And the chapters are long. They are written like diary entries. And interspersed are voice memos from Buck Loner. And the voice memos are hilarious. They, 
are hilarious. Um, I just, the way they set it up is that there are constant, when they can't show something they want to show, they cut to an old Hollywood movie, which is very much tied into this movie. <coughs> the Myra, or Myron, before she was, before she was Myra, she was Myron, and ha is infatuated with old Hollywood. So it cuts to, like, Shirley Temple and, like, yeah, books, books, books. It cuts to old, like, Shirley Temple and um, Laurel and Hardy, and it looked like maybe Ethel Merman was one of them. I don't know, I don't one of them was See You in St. Louis, Meet Me in St. Louis, yes. Meet Me in St. Louis. Judy Garland. Judy Garland. It's just... And Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable. It's just... Oh, God, Clark Gable during the rape scene made my stomach turn, but... Just the way it's set up, because they can't show something, they're going to show an old bit to... That's what I took away from it. Yes. Like, during the rape scene, or during the scene where she examined... In the book, she's examining Rocky's ass and dick. And they... Rusty. Oh, Rusty. And cuts to... No, Adrian, I don't think Rocky shows... <laughs> <laughs> but it cuts to Laurel and Hardy... Unless, of course, you watch his sex tape. Oh, Jesus. Did you watch it? Nah. Me neither. Not interested. But it cuts to Laurel and Hardy carrying a big, like, pipe, right? It's it's just very intentional, but it's also jarring. And in the book, Myron does not show up frequently. He's, like, a, a main player in this. He's, when yeah, Myra's trying... because sometimes when they're walking and talking to Myra... You actually see Myron instead of Myra. I don't know. I just, I think. I was confused at first. I think if they made this movie now, like if we ever did an alternate endings on this movie, I wouldn't write it like a silly romp like I would. I would actually try to cast it like I would cast it now. But the only downside is we cannot get Mae West for her absolutely fucking hilarious performance as Letitia Van Allen. Best performance of the movie. Oh, no, Dolly. I don't want Dolly to say, like, cock. Because she's, she's filthy in the book. I don't want Dolly saying cock. I think it would be funny. <laughs> she sounded like Reba, though. Mae West sounds like Reba. I saw the Big Sky, the, the Big Sky ad, and Reba and Mae West sounded as when Mae West talked for the first time. And my with on the same topic as talking, Myra goes from, like, American socialite accent, like she's from like Connecticut and runs a like cotillion every year. She's like, and my goal was to take down the American ideals of man. And then she goes to like Julia Roberts' southern accent, like in My Best Friend's Wedding, like, well, I'm from Texas, and then never talks like that from the rest of the movie. She just, Raquel Welch is a shit actress, and she's not, not good in this, not good in anything else. Um... But she, I think she looks the most like Myra, like how people would convey Myra. But I think I've been rambling a little too long about this movie. So let's get into it. It opens up. In the book, it does. It opens up with the, the subscript they put, subscript, the, the, the text, like the pan down. Oh, 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 oh. It's like the text pan down in Unforgiven, how it's like Myra, it's the opening of the book as a letter. Some, I'm going to take down the American something something. I'm going to finally be myself. 
XO Myra Breckenridge, right? And then we see my my favorite performance in the movie, Rex Reed as Myron. He's like they play him like he's an extra in like um a American Horror Story Asylum. Like he's supposed to be like this catatonic. I did you get this? He's like sitting in he's like strapped in this operating table. He's like babbling and singing to himself. He was not like that. Well, I just thought that was... My very first line was, not sure what is going on, but Rex Reed looked pretty good. Really? I thought he looked pretty good. Really? He didn't look so good as he got older. Really? You don't think so? I haven't seen him since he's got older. But well, I mean, I, I think he has nice eyes. Oh, yeah. He has a nice smile. But I, was, I wasn't sure what was going on. Well... Just the whole thing, I don't find, I don't think we're supposed to find it believable, but I just don't. You know what, there's some fucking people walking around acting like that. Don't act like there's not. And that's like, like when I watch Criminal Minds, it's like people, oh, that could never happen. There's some motherfucker watching that, and he's going to say, oh, I bet you I can do that. Oh, let's see how sadistic I can be. People do shit. I, yeah, but just... I think I'm going to have to reread the book after this. I I do, but I just don't recall any scene, uh, any chapters with Myron, with him being like a babbling catatonic. He's not like the mom from American Beauty. Like that's I think that's how they well, made him out to be. Just like someone does a screenplay, and if the writer's not helping them do the screenplay, they take their own interpretation of what the book means. Yeah, I mean, as a as a screenwriter myself, well, unpublished screenwriter myself, amateur, I would never, I could never translate a book into script. I just, because I would need the help from the author. I just don't think I could do right, it. Because sometimes what the author's thinking and writing isn't what you're... Yeah. And also, just to preface, I think Gore Vidal's an asshole, like the guy who, I think he's a total asshole. I, lo I love this book. No matter what, ha this book very liberally uses a, a lot of slurs, okay? And they are not good slurs. Um, but you also have to remember. It was written in like 1968, movies in people, 1970. People talk differently. Oh, it was, I was surprised because some of, some of the time, there were scenes in the movie that were not in the book. And it's not like they added them for more clarification. They meant nothing. And they just... It was like a free-for-all for slurs, right? Like, there was some the ice cream was, shop scene. Well, see, there was stuff I didn't get in that movie, like floor on that campus thing. Yeah. People were doing all kinds of weird stuff. I didn't get that. Okay. I remember there being some form of orgy at that campus. I don't recall ex the exacts of it. We're just... We're not even the orgy. Just when they were shooting the camps, you know, people... They're laying there having sex, and the sprinkler goes off, and they go. And then they kill the janitor or something, and, and the, it just. The gardener walks out of the hedges and falls over. That was like a scene from like Pieces or something. I was just like, I don't understand what's going on. I just, I think that anyone, and this is very, to if I'm pretty sure the director and screenwriter are dead. If they made this in 1970, they might not be, but. Anyone, I think, could make a better adaptation than they did because they just threw together a bunch of scene-lits from uh, 40s movies and Laurel and Hardy sketches, threw in some tits, 
threw in some body paint, threw in some anal rape, uh, threw in a, a lot of Mae West outtakes, and called it a movie. And that's not a movie. No. But let's get into it. It starts off with this, um, as we said, Myron strapped to this table, and uh, Dr. John Carradine walks in, smoking, of course. Yes. Everyone smokes in hospitals in this movie. It's just very weird to see. Once upon a time, you could smoke. I know, but, but it's I just really still. I doubt if you could smoke in the operating But he's saying, he's saying, and this is a wink and a, everything that's a wink and a nod in this movie is a big wink and a humongous nod. I think I've said that before in one of these, but it's up and down bobbing head nods. And he says, he's smoking a cigar. He's like, remember once I cut it off. It's not going to grow back. Are you sure you don't just want a circumcision? And that's what I think happens. Because, as we see later, quote uh, Buck Loner from the book, there was cock and balls right in my face. End quote. Yeah. And humongous Raquel Welch boobs, too. They weren't just like, no offense, R.I.P. They weren't Farrah Fawcett boobs. They were R.I.P. Farrah. But, oh, Okay, and just to, as we're saying R.I.P., you haven't heard it yet, but we rec we watched um, Grizzly 2 for the October things. R.I.P. Louise Fletcher. She passed. She was old as shit. But she passed away, so we're just saying that now, so we don't forget, because that's in a few weeks. Sorry. So the next time we see him, and I think the opening credits are very well done. That's just me. But... He's, um, we see Myron walking down Hollywood Boulevard, so we're like, oh, maybe he did just get a circumcision. And then Raquel Welch pops out of nowhere, and she's in a, whoever the fuck was in charge of Raquel Welch's wardrobe should have got tied up with a, beaten with a hose. Yeah. <laughs> beaten with a hose, tied up with the hose, and thrown off the roof, because it was bad. Yeah, she had some bad outfits. Because I remember Myra Breckenridge dressing like, I don't know, like Betty Davis would dress, like in the 40s. Like, kind of like classy business suits, high heels, and like big hats. So almost Marlene Dietrichy, but just classy. She dressed like. I don't know. Like it a. It looked like it had wings on it. She dressed like, I don't know, like an 1800s headmistress of a female boarding school that's because she had the chain glasses and oh, the well, big I hair just, i didn't like how she, and her hair looked weird. i don't know she Except just when it was messy when it was messy and she was in the trademark uh <laughs> bikini she looked good right yeah. but i it just wasn't for me the who was in charge of miss west's wardrobe edith head edith head academy award-winning dresser she costume designer she blew it out of the park with the wardrobe for Mae West. But so we see, and it's the opening credits is to Shirley Temple singing the S M I L E. I was worried for a second. I was like, <laughs> did this movie finally give her a stroke? Because <laughs> she was spelling happy after it. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is she spelling? <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe because she was singing it, it didn't sound. I was trying to catch. Maybe I missed some of what she was singing. I was like, "What the hell is she singing? What's she spelling?" But it's Myra slash Myron dancing along the Walk of Fame, and we're stopping at like old movie stars. Is that what it's called the Walk of Fame. Well, yeah. I thought it was a Hollywood 
Yeah, I guess. Highwood Walk of Fame. Actually, I walked down there. Oh, really? Yes, and I found people that I wanted to find. Oh, cool. And I also have pictures, like, at the Chinese Theater where they do their... Yeah, that's I cool. I got my picture next to Clint Eastwood and his... Oh, yeah, you're a big... his handprints and it says, you made my day. Oh, that's funny. And I got a picture of it. Oh, I love Clint Eastwood. But, yes, oh, but you love him even more. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so we <laughs> So we're She's walking Jesus. She's walking down the Hollywood Walk of Fame and it's S M I L E and she gets into a taxi cab. And the next time we see her, she's walking straight into Buck Loner's office. Buck Loner. Well, he's a scumbag in the book, but he's funny in the book. They don't give him enough screen time in this movie. And this is the first time you will ever catch me saying this about any movie on the here. This could have been longer to give us more context about who Buck Loner is, what he does, because it looks like a backlot of a Warner Brothers Western, his school. It looks like they're about to shoot High Noon 2 or something, because it's like the big storefronts with the architecture... Maybe, you know, maybe, well, like, maybe they shot it in Old Tucson before. They probably did. Before it burnt down. <laughs> they probably did. So, he runs, he's like a Tom Mix kind of old gun, he's like Tom Mix-ish. He's like, I don't know who, because John Huston made movies. Would you compare him to Andy Devine, who's also in this movie? Could you compare him? He's like if John Wayne didn't make it. That's who his character is, because he he acts all he acts like he's in you know stagecoach and all these they're just like shitty he's westerns. He's in movies we would like cover on here. I think people with the right mind would go to Buck Longer's Buck Longer <laughs> Loner. <laughs> I'm about to give you the Buck Loner special, Jesus. <laughs> I don't think anyone would go to Zaku's school. No, because he openly calls his students uh, gay slurs. Yes. Uh, he's just an awful person. So, Buck Loner. <laughs> Loner, not Loner. Jack Loner. Jack. Luck. God. Buck Loner is, he's like, Failed John Wayne. He's in all these westerns. He's but he's all washed up now. He's poor. He's broke. He's running this acting school that, that no one really goes to. And in struts Myra Breckenridge, she says, "I don't remember her wanting to be an actress in the book, but that I might be forgetting." But she she's saying, Buck saying like, "Oh, so you want to be an actress?" Because it's John Huston, so he's gravelly. But he does a pretty good southern accent. Because he's not southern, right? No, I didn't even know he had a southern accent. <laughs> but he's going, you're doing pretty, uh, you're going to be a pretty good star. And he's lying to her face like, oh, we discovered Lana Turner. That's who it, it was, right? Lana Turner. I never, no, I don't, I don't know who it was. It doesn't Lana matter. something. Lana? Lana? Could be. Lana. Is there a Lana Turner? Yes, there oh, is. Then yes. D did she just have a birthday? No, she's dead. Then who's the Lana that... 
Who gives a shit? He's saying all these big names, you know. Um, oh, we discovered her and we discovered her and we discovered them. And she's saying, well, you are my, my widowed husband's uncle, right? And then he goes, say what? And then we get the old, like, the Jesse James got shot by Robert Ford, old footage, and he falls down. And then we see Buck fall down. So the whole scheme is, instead of letting it play out, I'm just going to, I'm going to tell, not show. She got her sex change. She's claiming that Myron died. She wants Myron's mother's inheritance that Myron would have got. Well, did get when she died from Buck. So it, it's a whole, it's a long con. It's a, it's a whole scam. I want Ocean's 70 <laughs> to do this scam. I want Ocean, uh, I want George Clooney getting a sex change to get the <laughs> to get his uh, inheritance. But by the time they do Ocean Seventies, George Clooney will be dead. Yeah, he's already like sixty-one. Oh really? Yeah. Shit. But sh um, so he says, "Oh, the if you couldn't tell, the school ain't doing do ain't doing so good, right?" And. She's like, well, I'd happily accept a teaching position here. So she is the teacher of, huh, very funny empathy and posture. She's lacking one of those things. <laughs> but her whole goal, we hear as she talks, she gets her own, like, on-campus apartment. It's filled with, fold, filled with pictures of Clark Gable and, you know, all the greats, right? And she's talking to Myron. She's talking to Rex Reed. But he's not really there. She's just having a conversation with herself. Her she also had sex with herself. Yeah, she blew herself. That was definitely not in the book. But she's she's talking about she wants to get rid of male normals in society. Because Gore Vidal, I think this, because Gore Vidal was bisexual. And I think this was kind of... I don't think he'd be going to this these lengths, but I think this could be like a, a maybe an allegory for what he was going through. But she's talking about like I want to get I want to destroy male masculinity, and I don't remember world hunger being an issue in the book. But she wants to kill all men or something. It's very this book hates men, hates men. Written by a man, hates men, hates women. It, this book hates everybody. Hates gay people, hates black people, it hates, I believe it hates Jews. Um, hates um, mentally challenged people. I'll cut that. H hates mentally challenged people. It's just, this book hates everybody. So she becomes good friends with the Irving Amadeus, the African-American gentleman who teaches there, who they made him even more of a, he was a stereotype in the book, even more of a stereotype in the movie. He wears makeup and women's jewelry not that there's anything wrong with that but that was just you could tell what they were going for right it was yes so and i'll tell you back in the 70s at least not around here if you were gay you did not do that because if you it was the 70s and you were gay we probably did not know it yes but i think because this is like remote california it's not an issue probably in santa rosa with all those crazy <laughs> <laughs> we we, oh, sorry, Santa Rosa. we used to have family in Santa Rosa. 
Uh, they have since passed, but we've... There are some craziest people. Yeah. So I think this is supposed to be up by Big Bear. But, uh, does it, hold on. Um, I'm just checking my notes to make sure we're getting everything. Um, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Uh, I said, not my buck loner, because it just... He's not played how I thought he'd be played by... Because John Huston's not a bad actor, actually. Um, he was not good in this. He... Well, he probably was better known as a director. Yeah, he made, like, Maltese Falcon, right? He made a lot of... I think he did Stagecoach, too. Oh, the, yeah. With the... With real... Successful with John, John Wayne. Wayne. But he's... He's just not good in this. I just... Because everything he does is, like, gratuitous... And nothing's because ex- every in the book a lot of things are explained. It's not like we're being spoon fed, but we are getting. This is Buck Loner. He does this. He is related to me this way because it's written in diary format. Right. I wish it had more narration. I think it'd be better with narration. But I know. Let's remake the movie and find the people we want. Yes, play. and it's it's Dolly Parton. God, it's it has to be Dolly. No, Dolly's Myra Breck. No, no. Who could play Myra? You know who, did you see the advertisement for the Marilyn Monroe movie? Mm-hmm. Maybe Anna, no, Anna, this is all, I'm not going to say this. We'll discuss off, we'll discuss off mic. So we just, maybe we will cast our own. Maybe that can be a little 15 minute bonus episode we can do someday. But, so now, oh, now. We are being introduced to the main players. We are introduced to Irving Amadeus. We are introduced to Buck Loner. He has a wife. He gets massages. Pretty sure he fucks his masseuses. Uh, he makes voice memos, which are hilarious. Uh, he, it sounds like me while we're recording this. Um, <clears throat> that goddamn bitch. She did you be getting the Buck Loner special. Oh, cut that. <laughs> sounds like me. But... Then we get the probably the hardest I laughed in this movie, and not for a good reason. We're in the mess hall. We're introduced to the Polak himself, Rocky Gadansky, rusty shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, Myra's doing voiceover here, and she goes, Rusty, I could, uh, she, oh, I hate her fucking voice. Rusty, you can tell from the bulge in his blue jeans he was marvelously hung. I did not. And do not come after me. This is a direct quote from the movie. Quote, he was madly in love with a beautiful girl with long blonde hair. And then we see Farrah Fawcett. And she ends her sentence with, she's mentally retarded. I almost fell out of my chair because I didn't I forgot about that line for a hot minute and then it flashed before my eyes and I said no <laughs> and you were laughing because <laughs> Farrah Fawcett looks so young this is pre Charlie's Angels yeah, pre swimsuit yeah she looked very young she, has, she doesn't even have her hair like her oh, trademark hair. Have her hair so it's just it's crazy and I was laughing and laughing oh, oh it was adorable her little braid thing so, oh, I, great. <laughs> so we, <laughs> so, so then now we get my, another one of my favorite scenes. No, um, Myra leaves the restaurant and about everyone in the restaurants says in some way or another, 
I'd love to get a piece of that ass. Um, Rocky's. Yeah, my um, one of the kids says, "Ooh, she's like." Uh, one of the kids is supposed to be like a beatnik kind of. He's like, "Ooh, she's a fine mama," and even a Ma- uh, Marianne, who's Farrah Fawcett, is like, "Oh, she's very pretty," and then Rocky Rusty is like. I don't know. She really didn't give me a hard on. And then Buck Loner is walking with Myra, and she walks away, and he goes, Ooh, I'm getting pretty set, uh, hard for my looking at my niece. Better give her the old Buck Loner special. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was already reeling from what she said about Marianne, and then he throws in the Buck Loner special, and I said, I'm afraid to find out what that is. And then, oh, I'm deathly afraid and now we the best supporting actor who is somehow top bill oh somehow she's may fucking west uh i thought she was absolutely hilarious she was amazing said, may west is a hoot she walks in looking probably not a day over 60 she does look pretty good i don't know if she got work done i want to say i want to th- feel like she didn't if she did pretty good plastic if that's 77 i'd hate to see how she was 80 84 when she died i don't i'd hate to see her at 84 if she looks good but she walks in and she has this big hat and all these ribbons and she goes hello boys resume is out (laughs) and and she's Picking a boy to cat. Too tired. She's got too tired. She's got to get rid of one. She, yeah, she says. Um, she looks at like whenever her assistant. She goes, "I'm tired today. Send two home." <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" Because I do not remember her being such a hoe in the book. And she brings young Tom Selleck in, and she drops his resume. And then pulls a curtain back, and there's a huge, like, she, she looks like she's the Tsar of Russia with this humongous bed. Yeah. And I sleep here sometimes at night. Oh, she said, I do some work here at night. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, gee, I've never seen a bed in a, office. In a, a bed in an office before. And she goes, ah, I do a lot of work here so, at night. And then they fuck, and then someone else comes he in. and his briefcase. Yeah, someone else comes I'll in. I'll tell you. Well, let's forget about the six feet and think about the seven inches. (laughs) I was like, she was she was brilliantly cast, brilliant. Yes, that was that was a good choice for that. And she is. I was worried for a second. I wrote, um, Miss May West, comma my God, because they and her care. What did we say her character's name? Letitia Van Allen. That just sounds like a Mae West character. Born to play Letitia Van. For 77. I was blown away. And you even knew the song she was singing. I did. I did. And then now we see... uh, Oh. uh, This is where... So, the thing is, my... There's, like... It's implied in the book... Like we said... Humongous wink, wink, humongous nod. Myron and Myra are showing up in the same place because they can't have voiceover through the entire movie. Myron, the Myron side of Myra wants to f- have sex with Marianne. The Myra side of Myra wants Rusty. So she decides, uh, fucking voila, I'm gonna f- rape Rusty and then steal his girlfriend. Yeah. 
So that's the plot of this movie. And then, yeah. But the worst part is, uh, Myron, my Rex Reed starts having a sexual fantasy with Farrah Fawcett and food. She's feeding. Oh my god, my stomach churned. She's feeding him peanut butter off her fingers like he's a fucking dog. She says, "Oh." She feeds him a banana. Myra is... I'm just, I'm just telling you that's how it would go. Oh, Mom's here. Oh, I'll cut that. She's she's force-feeding him a banana. She's she, a pretty big bite of that banana. Yeah. She... Oh, I loved the chicken. What do we have here? Peanut butter, jelly, <gasps> some chicken. Some chicken, I think, is the least sexy of all the uh, proteins. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Shrimp is pretty gross. Too. I mean, I love shrimp, but I'd I'd rather have a chicken. Wow, but rather than shrimp, because sh- oh, end of discussion. Oh uh, yeah, I just. But apparently, during this whole thing, when it panned down to the his feet, I thought Myra was sucking his toes. <laughs> I thought she was sucking his toes, uh, but she's not there. Same person. I know, but I thought I thought she was sucking his toes, and I was really scared. I was like, no, 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 no. No foot fetish for you? No foot fetish for me. <clears throat> so then, now we're in one of Myra's classes, which I, it looks completely different than I thought. I thought it was going to look like an empty, like, college boardroom. Like, it's huge. Like, with, you know, like the... The, like lecture room? Like a lecture room. Okay, this is a half-assed college. What did you, were you I know, I was thinking it used to be good. That's my thought in the book. It used to be a prosperous acting school. Now no one wants to be in westerns, right? No one wants to do... No one wants to be an American hero or something. People want to do, like, mod squad shit, right? So... But it's this... Ti- it's tiny. It looks like, um... <laughs> it looks like where I meet for my, um drama I used to meet for my high school drama club right it's tiny and there's like a whiteboard and she's in this awful 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 outfit it's 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 like a big Marlene Dietrich hat and like <coughs> a dress of some kind it's just it's just because Raquel Welch is a, pr- a pretty objectively very pretty she is I, I think at least 60% of the male population in 1970 would think she's very pretty, right? Just the way they dressed her made her so unattractive when Myra Breckenridge is an objectively sexual character, mm-hmm. right? And they only have her in the trademark bikini once, and that's during the rape scene, and it's not fun. No. It's just, I... Okay, let's just skip over that scene. Well, we we have to kind of cover it. We're not there yet, though. So Buck Loner comes in, because this whole time, as she's been, you know, contemplating about Farrah Fawcett and chicken, uh, he's been trying to find a way to not give her what she's quote-unquote entitled to, because she's not. It's her. He's not dead yet. She doesn't get any inheritance. No one... She's not getting any inheritance for anything, right? But... He he's like looking like he's calling us lawyers. He's this scene was so off putting. The the uh, ice cream shop scene. The, he goes to an ice cream shop. He's eating. It looks like a delicious Sunday that looked yeah, good. good. 
and his lawyer comes in, who's Mr. Flagler Sr., and he's throwing around gay slurs, and there's, like, two people throwing peanut butter all over themselves in the corner, and then there's the the hippie getting beat up, and the... I mean, I didn't <clears throat> it made no sense. Nothing... No. N- no. no. But then um, Mr. Mr. Loner, uh, Mr. Longer, he... Uh, <laughs> He busts into the classroom and he's talking to Myra and he's, you know, you blah, 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 blah. What was he yelling at her about? There's no, there's no marriage certificate in the United States and he needs proof. And she's like, I'm trying to teach a class, Buck, Uncle Buck. That's what she calls him the whole time. It's very funny to envision him as John Candy. Um, She goes, she, she can't say the words she says in the book. But she calls him a son of a bitch bastard, and she punches him. Punches him. Great stage, stage fight. That no, it was a good punch. It was a good punch. It looked a good thrown punch. The way he moved. No, that did not. That was not good stage fighting. Because he just moves a little. We see her fist go by him, and then he falls. I just. It does not look good, in my opinion. But that's my opinion. You thought it looked okay. I mean, the punch. The punch was a good thrown punch. I just, but he's, he's having another voice memo talking about, I should have given her the buck owner special when I had the chance. And that's just funny. And every time we see him giving a voice memo, he's getting a massage. So each massage is different. Like there's a woman like standing and walking on his back. There's one, she's like rubbing him. She has humongous hands when he's getting flogged. (laughs) One of, what did he say? Um, is it gonna hurt? No, he said something. Um, oh, he yells at someone, beat it, and she hits his ass with the flog. <laughs> that was funny. So, uh, no, he said. oh, and then there now, Leticia Van Allen is at the academy looking for a new stud. Apparently, she is she was not fulfilled by any of the gentlemen she saw previously so she's looking for some new men rusty um previously has uh mary ann and myra have this kind of friendship and mary ann tells myra oh rusty uh uh, busted some ribs playing college football uh way back when and now he has a posture problem maybe could you take a look at him so rusty goes over to myra's uh room and she uh sexually assaults him she does not she does not rape him at this but she pulls down his pants and then like grabs his ass right and so he's very upset he runs away because we see her in earlier scenes is that when we see um Letitia Van Allen sing that's later but he he's very likes the male traditions of the 70s he's like men should be men and marry women and have millions of babies and work a steady job you know so um myra is just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get him next time right because she's an awful person so leticia van allen comes poking around and she's having a discussion with myra in the commissary and she myra pulls out a photograph of rusty and she's like this is the studiest stud that's ever studded and leticia Leticia Van Allen's like, oh, he'll do. And then Myra says, they don't call you the queen of the casting couch for nothing. And then Leticia Van Allen goes, 
well, they're going to give me an honorary Academy Award for it. And then, <laughs> you know what I'm, you want to say it? Myra says, <laughs> Myra says, oh, an Oscar? And then Letitia goes, no, a golden phallus. I was, cr- oh my God, it was hilarious. And every, I just love that they're playing it straight too, because they're not like, it's funny. And yes. so. She says it with a straight face. God, Mae West was so funny. Like, and I don't think a lot of, like, 30s, 40s comedies still holds up. She still holds up. She's funny. And then, <clears throat> um, what does this say? Rude patty cake? Oh! oh in the orgy thing? So now we're at an orgy. Apparently that's why Letitia Van Allen came to the thing. Um, it's not funny for the, because there's just a lot of body paint. And I don't, I don't find body paint sexy. There's, like, people's titties are body painted people's faces are body painted but we walk through a room i think it's supposed to be i think it's supposed to be like they're free love hippies and they body paint and they're lesbians and you know oh that was in the ice cream shop flagler seniors talking about like how lesbians and gay people are the bane of america and then he the wait he says banana split please when we hear a waitress walk up and look we look up she has a toothpick sticking out of her mouth the female symbol tattooed on her face (laughs) and she's supposed to be like she's supposed to be like archetypal lesbian so we're at this orgy and we're none of it's like none of it's funny it's not even gross out funny it's just like oh like and it's like you don't want to see some of these folks naked you don't and but we walk into a room and i cackling there is three it looks like an old dude and two young ladies playing patty cake naked (laughs) it was the funniest because it's like the clap the clapping sound it's the right and oh my it was so funny and then myra's in the bathtub what was she whispering about Is this the lead up to the Letitia singing? Yes. Okay. So now we're at, the, I don't know what, how this happened, but we're at this golden ballroom or something. Oh, they're trying, it was a, I thought it was a fundraiser to get money for the Oh, school. then that's probably what it was. Because this was not in the book. Letitia Van Allen was not a singer in the book. But I think it works. That's just me. I think it works. Yeah. We see this saying that one huge procession. Like It's like the Tsar of Russia is coming to town. It's like the, or I don't know what it's called. They were yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I don't know what it's called. It's like the box and you have the things and the, the servants okay. carry you, Cleopatra. And they, oh, and then we hear the announcer. He's like Casey Kasem. <clears throat> Coming to you from the Starlight Room. It's multiple something winner, award winning recording artist, Letitia Van Allen. And she's singing. It was funny. I don't know what song she was singing. The first one. And then she sang Hard to Handle. By like, I thought it was pretty good. It was good. And they had backup dancers and suits. and I was impressed. I was like, oh my God. This yes. is great. And we hear during this time, Rusty talking about like, a man should be a man. And all these gay slurs, you know. Because he got busted for um, breaking parole. That's why he was away. And he get put in jail. He said, jail wasn't too bad except for the gay slurs, you know. And that's when I think... Um, Letitia helps get him out. Letitia helps get him out through a judge. And uh, he comes home to 
Farrah Fawcett the next night. And then we <sighs> we get the we get the uh, the the rape scene. Um, so it he walks into this like examining room, and there's like you know the doctor table that you sit on at the doctors, and <laughs> what well, you wouldn't be sitting on anywhere else. But um, yeah, I have one at my house. <laughs> it's where we record. <laughs> so he walks in. She was. I just. I can't believe how good Mae West was. She's I seventy-seven. I just. It blows my I, mind. I thought she was. Fantastic. It was fantastic. She was like the best part of the movie. She is an, a nominee for Rudy Ray Moore Award for putting your weight on it. Definitely. So, she, uh, not now for a not so funny scene. If you if you want to skip this part, I'd say it's maybe five minutes of us talking. Hopefully less. Hopefully less. So Rusty is in this examining room and, you know, Myra's saying, like, I want you to walk back and forth. And then he's walking back and forth. I want you to stand on the scale, take your shirt off and your cowboy boots. And he takes his cowboy boots and shirt off and he stands on the scale and she says, you listen to me. Or do you need me to call judge so-and-so or your parole officer? And you're not. What is it? You're not. Oh, you're non-complying to my orders. And she just... I don't think Raquel Welch plays her correctly, because in the book, she definitely has a power trip. But she in the book, she's like... This is an awful comparison, but I think it's the only one that... She's like Ilsa, she-warden of the SS, almost. She's like cold, and she knows exactly what she's doing. In this one, it just seems like Raquel Welch is firing from the hip as Myra, and that's not how she rolls. But she, um, she says, Rusty darling bend over the operating table and he goes what because he's a polack with a country accent he goes what <laughs> and then you know what i think you make up accents because he know. had an accent but it wasn't polish he's a polish guy not from poland <laughs> but he's a polish guy with a country accent so he goes he goes what and then she says bend over the table please and she straps him into the table. Oh, and I don't like this scene. There, there's music. It's a Glenn Miller song. And um, she shoves a thermometer up his rectum. Leaves it there. Leaves it there. T- reading about, do you have venereal diseases? To- that was kind of funny, but it's not. Do you have venereal diseases, tuberculosis, pneumonia, this, this, and this? She did that in the book. And then we are seeing close-ups of, like, Clark Gable and... Judy Garland laughing and Meet Me in St. Louis and all this, like, old Hollywood shit and Glenn Miller's full swing. And then she takes the thermometer they out. They go to a rodeo. They go to a rodeo and, oh, this was funny. Out of context, it's funny. It's the wildest Bronco. It's never been ridden before. Cherry. Che- oh. The yeah. Cherry. But so she takes her doctor's uniform off and she has the red, white, and blue bikini she um, straps one on. she straps one on, and we get about a good, good ten minutes of we we've only we pride ourselves we've only fast forwarded once in a movie, and that was in Thanks for Sharing. We also didn't finish that movie. We finished this movie. We fast forwarded through about five minutes of it, and it was just the same shot of her with a cowboy hat. She's like, there there was nothing funny. No, there was nothing sexy. There was nothing. It needed to be in the movie, but it could have been shorter and it could have been done tasteful, more tasteful. 
so then he i felt bad for him even though he's not like a good character but he's like can i leave now he's like shaking and like sweating and she looks at him and her hair is a mess and she actually does look very nice in this she puts the cowboy on she says i guess you can leave now aren't you gonna thank me i that was that was probably the best she played myra breckenridge because that's how she acts in the you need to read the book hands down i'm checking you out the book so after that she we see um the flagglers uh flagler and flagler um senior and junior and and their buck lonesome's lawyer they're funny so they're talking like they call mrs breckenridge and mrs (laughs) they call myra (laughs) they call myra in the room and he says this this marriage certificate's a certified phony and she's crying and she goes because when buck brought that up way earlier in the movie probably about 30 minutes in he says uh, there's no record of you being married in the u.s she tells him well that's because we were married in mexico and pulls out a birth birth marriage certificate from her bra right and then so now Miss, uh, mr flagler jr is saying that that's a sham and she starts crying. It just, you just don't know how hard it is to be a woman nowadays. And, and you, he, he goes, this means you're not entitled to your $1 million. And she goes stone faced. She's like, oh, it was 900,000. 900,000. She, she goes like straight, like Richard Kuklinski. She goes, I'll, I'm going to get that $900,000 and I'm going to call in prof, uh, Dr. Montag to take uh, as a witness as, at our wedding. And then she walks out of the door and she goes, let's make it a cool million. A cool million. And then she slams the door. And now we meet my favorite character in the movie, Mr. Montag, who's just, I hate his character so much. It's He's a dentist, but he's also a psychiatrist. And in the book, he was in it so much. Like, she would call him. Like, instead of talking to Myron, she talked to Dr. Montag. Because he know he's the only one who knew about the sex change. Because he's her therapist. And... Well, and here he's a dentist. Yeah. Makes... I think he was a dentist and a therapist in the book. But he started as dentist, and then he went to medical he school. Does, he cleans your teeth and gives you therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> because <laughs> that's how it was happening and then the lady in the, the the dentist chair says i love your boobs to the ma- waitress d she was the dental oh the assistant. dental hygiene waitress <laughs> yeah there's waitresses at the dentist's office. but speaking of waitresses tony basil who sings mickey was a cigarette girl in this movie cigars cigarettes gum bananas <laughs> chewing gum bananas that song wasn't as good as hard to handle because she's saying you know, isn't doesn't like black Cro- black crows i think did that song as a cover as a hey little thing let me light your candle calls your mama i'm so hard to handle now you're so mad she, she was good god i she was so good in this movie yes. so <clears throat> um Ma- dr montag gets a call and he's also got a cigar in his mouth while he's working on Oh, that is just I can, okay, I can handle the operation. I mean, I don't I wouldn't want that, but I can at least handle that. He is in my mouth and smoking. I, uh, no. So he says, "I uh, I have to be paid 15%. I'll be there tomorrow or this at night, this night." Oh, 13. Oh, 
excuse me. So he shows up, he he catches like a red eye, he shows up, and instead of seeing him like, get his ticket, get on the plane, we just see like an old like 40s film reel of a plane. Yeah, plane. And so he gets there and both Flagglers are there, Senior and Junior. Junior is hilarious because he gets a phone call. <laughs> he gets a phone call. And Flagler Senior says, you're going to have to take that in the bathroom. And then he... <laughs> and then Flagler Junior says, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then he walks away and he comes back. Good news, everybody. Good news, everybody. And Myra perks up and Dr. Montag perks. He leans it forward in his chair. And Mr. Lonesome looks over and Flagler Senior's intrigued. And he goes, Mr. Longer? <laughs> he goes. He goes. He goes. Um. There's no record of a death. There's no record of a Myron Breckenridge dying in New York City or New York State. And she goes, "Well, they just haven't found his body. He died. He. It was a car crash in front of the Bank of America." And then she contradicts herself when she says Beverly Hills Branch. So she contradicts herself. Then, as soon as she says that, jigs up. She looks to Dr. Montag. Should I tell them? Would you like to say the big reveal? No, you can say the big reveal. She walks up. Jumps on the desk. Pulls her panties down. Throws them on her uncle's face. She has a dick and balls. I'm actually Myron, not Myra. And she says that your gay slur nephew's actually a full-blooded woman. And then, in the book, that's when he said, in the voice memo, and then she hopped right up on the desk and pulled off her panties, and I, there was a, a cock and balls right in my face. I, I was crying laughing. See, I don't understand, because right after that, he's in the hospital. Well, no, right after that is my favorite line in the movie. Buck Loner is given another voice memo, and he goes, thank God, I mean, thank God I didn't give her the Buck Loner special. <laughs> And then we're wrapping everything up. She's like sleeping. She's like dating Farrah Fawcett now, almost. Because oh, yeah. we see Rusty's with Letitia Van Allen. Good on her. I think real Mae West had young boyfriends in the 70s, too. Yeah. She looked, God, she looked really good for her 70s. God. I can only hope I look half as good in, as I, when I'm 77. Yeah. But... Rusty's with Letitia Van Allen. It seems like Farrah Fawcett's with Myra, but they haven't done anything sexual. They're like platonic. She can't let go. She can't let go of Rusty. No, and she just said she, Rusty was over. She just couldn't let herself go to do that. Oh, because she says early in the movie she doesn't understand lesbians or something. She tells Myra she loves her, but not that way. And Myra walks down the street, jumps in front of a car, gets hit. Yeah. I thought that that was the end. I was like, that is bullshit. She does not die at the end. But we wake up, Thurston Howell III in our face, smoking uh, once again in the hospital. And no one ever smokes cigarettes. They only smoke cigars. And he's like, (laughs) this is funny. Um, Myron goes, where are my tits? (laughs) And he's like, because he's he's re-unsex changed. He's a man again. And... um. Thurston Howell, you know, like, you're a guy now. Myron's like, looks at the camera, he's like, oh, shit. And it's like, that's the end, I guess. And then we see, he goes back to doing what he does. Dancing on the street. Dancing on the street to S-M-I-L-E. 
Oh, we didn't give it a pre. We all just give it a post. What'd you give it for a post? A three. Because I laughed. I gave it a four. I, I gave it a two to begin with. I gave it a one to begin with. <clears throat> Actually, they wrote a sequel. Not like a movie sequel, a book sequel. Called Myron. And a little tidbit about that. The book Myra Breckenridge almost got banned because of how many times it says cock and other words. Uh, so in this, <laughs> and Myron, uh, every swear word has a Supreme Court justice counterpart that they use. <laughs> so cock is like, I don't know the Supreme Court justices of the 70s, but they had counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> but they, Some of them are freaking old. But they had... Instead of using swear words, they use the Supreme Court justice's last names, which I think is hilarious and very bitchy. So I love that. Uh, thank you for helping us. Thank helping you. us. Thank <laughs> you for rounding out our September before we go into spooky month. Next week, we are, I swear to God, we have loaded, loaded episodes. We have Trog with, do you know who that has? you know who that has? Betty. No. Not Betty. Olivia. No. Joan, Joan what? Crawford. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Joan Blondell. Joan Crawford in her last film role and the the accompanying movie, Tourist Trap, starring what 50s TV star? Chuck Connors. The Rifleman. <laughs> starring The Rifleman uh, and starring... Miss Blanche Hudson herself in Trog. So we'll ha we'll have some fun next week. So we will see you then. Thank you for listening to us ramble about. I think we did a pretty good dissection of this movie. I yes. think. So thank you for listening to us. Thank you. Uh, ramble for an hour. Uh, so <laughs> we'll you'll hear from us next week. Uh, just rate and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or on. We'll get our Google podcast up and running before next week. And um, we're, we'll announce the schedule when I have it in front of me. So probably next week. Uh, for And we'll post it on Instagram. I have it made. Um, so we'll post it on Instagram. But we'll say it on here if you don't follow us on Instagram. Uh, thank you. If, if you just can't get enough of us, check out the 70 other episodes we have. I mean, some heavy hitters. I mean especially the Steven Seagal ones. We have some heavy <laughs> hitters in that one. But thank you for listening to us ramble for an hour and ten minutes, and we will see you next week. See you next week.